Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I have decided on the recipe. I'm going to send you the recipe. It is one of my favorites. It is mozzarella stuffed meatballs. So if you text the word recipe to 33777 in about 30 minutes, uh, I will send the recipe out if you're listening live. Otherwise, you're, everybody's just going to get a link back. You click through the link, you'll find the recipe, mozzarella stuffed meatballs. I may make this this weekend. I've been missing it. It's a good recipe. Okay, uh, we got to move on. I, I, I got to talk about a delicate subject. Charlie has asked me to be diplomatic. I will be as diplomatic as I possibly can on a sensitive issue for which uh, some bluntness is required. <laughs> oh boy. I find it very interesting that our public health community, our public health leaders are deeply concerned and freaked out about monkeypox. Um they're distributing monkeypox vaccines. They are worried it is evolving so fast. Uh, It is spreading uh, beyond the community of of gay men where it originated, but still almost overwhelmingly um, is within that community. And I got to say something that is not meant to offend, and I will be diplomatic, I promise. I just find it very striking that during COVID, our public health officials were very, very clear with all of us that you need to stay away from your grandmother and your grandfather and all of your loved ones or else you could kill them because of COVID. But the very same public health officials who were very adamant we all had to stay away from grandma or we could kill her will not publicly and truthfully say, give up your orgies to stop monkeypox. The, the, the level of disconnect here is something. I know there are kids in cars, so I want to be delicate here. Monkeypox originated in the Canary Islands We know this from from all the sourcing, from all the contact tracing. There was a pride event in the Canary Islands that a lot of people, including from this country, went to. There were people there who were infected with monkeypox. And they participated in a large gathering of individuals doing hedonistic things at a pride event, including group sexual contact with random strangers. People got infected and went back to Europe, to other events, had their orgies there. People came back to the United States from there. Almost 100% of the individuals who were initially uh, contracted had been at these events. They were all gay men. It has spread from them to others. There are 1,972 cases Uh, detected in the United States right now in 45 states and territories. The, The precipitating event 
was an orgy. It is remarkable to me that our public health officials are not willing to say, uh, give up your sexual habits of multiple partners in random events. But they were all too quick to tell us to stay away from grandma to keep her from dying uh, because of COVID. We should acknowledge historically uh, gay people in this country were treated very badly for a very long time and discriminated against in various ways. And we should acknowledge that in the 1980s, there was this this prevailing belief that if you were not gay, you would not get AIDS. But as um, uh, HIV positive blood donors who happen to be gay gave into the uh, donated blood, it, it spread. Ryan White, uh, I mentioned yesterday, was heterosexual, um, got AIDS. He was a hemophiliac, a listener reminded me, got a blood transfusion, got AIDS. We ultimately wound up prohibiting um uh, active um, people with HIV and, and others or, or people in the gay community for a long time weren't allowed to give blood. And then it was HIV positive people couldn't give blood. We we tested it. We made sure uh, we, we improved the blood safety and the blood supply. But there was also along the way, a whole lot of people in the medical community who didn't want to stigmatize. So they didn't want to say. And we're back to that now. The reason there are 1,972 monkeypox cases when, uh, given the duration, we were up and into the uh, upper tens of thousands of cases of COVID by this time is because it's a lot harder to transmit monkeypox. Now, they're worried about saliva and stuff, but in, in this regard, overwhelmingly, the cases spread through intimate contact. And overwhelmingly, it's spread not just through intimate contact, but intimate contact through random sexual partners, not through monogamous relationships. And how can we trust our public health officials and what they say when they are more worried about offending and stigmatizing than curing and preventing? If they were way more vocal about it, don't you think there would be a lot of people who otherwise would hear it and say, okay, I guess I'm not going to go do that tonight. I really wanted to. But who knows, there could be someone there who has monkeypox, so I'm not going to, but they're not going to hear it now. They're just going to hear, stay away from grandma. Political correctness and the social woke left-wing agenda are wrecking havoc on our society. And much of our society now is dancing around sensitive topics lest anyone be offended because so many of the people who are going to be offended are, are somewhat a little bit unhinged. There's a lesbian bar in Portland, Oregon. It opened its doors a week ago. The owner has had to shut down. Doc Marie's is the lesbian bar. It's had to shut down because of complaints the bar was not a safe space. The crowd on opening day was huge. One woman said the line for entry was wrapped around the block with literally, in her words, literally 200 lesbians waiting to get in. But the excitement dissipated 
Doc Marie's was on the receiving end of not being inclusive enough for trans people and people of color. The mask mandate was lifted in Portland, but patrons accused the bar of not implementing enough COVID safety measures and that the bar had culturally appropriative art. Employees created an Instagram page to echo the concerns. They claimed the owners weren't proactive enough in creating a safe space and that they were racist. They wanted the bar to host free opportunities of education. And we're given a 24-hour deadline. And so they shut down. Very much like in Philadelphia. A queer-owned business was shut down for not being safe enough. The woke employees revolted. The cafe was owned by Kate Egghart and Sonam Prick, two queer activists who started Mina's in an effort to create an inclusive coffee shop. But their employees claimed they were anti-black gentrifiers who were displacing low-income families. They were located around Malcolm X Park. They employed mostly minority workers. But the Wokes, the Wokes turned on them. Sonam Brick told Bon Appetit about the opening and said she worked at a different coffee shop. Quote, white ownership neglected to protect their black and trans employees. I knew there needed to be a space where you could have an amazingly made cup of coffee that's not whitewashed. So they came out with Mina's World and they put out a public statement. Except the employees claimed they were suffering from a plethora of systemic woes as a result of gentrification, including employer opposition and anti-blackness. Ironically, the woman who said she wanted to start a uh, queer-owned coffee shop to cater to black and trans community members uh, that would not whitewash their coffee was being accused of whitewashing their coffee. They, you can never please these people. And it drives our health officials crazy and fearful that they're going to be canceled. The, you notice you don't see a lot of public health officials coming out and saying, you know, uh, maybe we shouldn't be chopping off the genitals of five-year-olds. No, no. You have the Assistant Secretary of, of Health and Human Services, Rachel Levine, saying we should affirm their decisions, the decisions of the five-year-olds. And if you dissent, you're going to get canceled. So we have a public health crisis in this country. We have a disease floating around. The way that you get this disease, most specifically, most obviously, most often, is random anonymous sexual encounters in groups. And it has spread that way. And our public health officials are so scared of getting canceled for pointing that out and coming across as, as homophobic or transphobic that they can't say it. So you stay away from your grandmother. But they, they don't have to do anything. Introducing the hymns of a new generation, the Woke Jesus Hymn Book. It includes old favorites updated to modern sensibilities like Jesus Loves They. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the drag queen tells me so. Little ones to her belong, they're oppressed and he's an ally. And that old favorite, 
Jesus loves the little children. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red and yellow, black, not white. They are precious in their sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And who could forget that longtime favorite, Kumbacha, my lord. Kumbacha, my lord. Kumbacha. Civil Rights Anthem, now reflecting critical theory. We shall not overcome, we shall not overcome, we shall not overcome any day. And of course, that classic progressive Christian tune, Imagine by John Lennon. Imagine there's no heaven. Order now while supplies last. Folks, the signature hymn sheets from Bowling Branch are a bestseller for a reason. They use the highest quality threads on earth for a superior softness, a better night's sleep. The sheets are made with threads so luxurious, three U.S. presidents love them. They feel buttery to the touch. They're super breathable. Now, here's the thing. I can tell you this from personal experience. Every time you wash the sheets, they get softer. You know, people worry about thread counts for sheets. You need to worry about the quality of the threads. Bolin Branch uses fantastic ones. You can just feel them and they get softer and softer over time. They're very, very breathable for the summer, but they also have a good weight for the winter. They help you sleep well at night. They're not so light that you feel like nothing's on you. They They're the perfect weight. They're the perfect sheet from Bolin Branch. You'll immediately feel the difference with their iconic signature sheets. Right now, get 20% off site-wide during the annual summer event happening now only at BolinBranch.com. It's their best offer of the year before the holidays, so you need to act now. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com for 20% off site-wide. Phenomenal deal with phenomenal product. I'm telling you, we use them in our house. Long before I was a broadcast reader, we use Bowl and Branch. You should too. Bowlandbranch.com for 20% off sidewide. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, First Liberty wants to help your business grow. Reach out to them if you need loans, $750,000 or more for your business. See if they can help your business grow. FirstLibertyGA.com, FirstLibertyGA.com. They can help any business anywhere in the United States. Reach out to them. A caller called in, I can't really, well, Charlie doesn't want, I would do it, but he told me I shouldn't. But basically, can't we do a two weeks to flatten the curve for monkeypox? And just, I mean, don't, don't do like random anonymous things, deviant things. Just, just stay home for two weeks. That would flatten the curve. But nope, nope, you can flatten the curve for, for COVID, just not for this apparently. Um, oh, there's a joke there and we're not going to go there. Oh my goodness gracious. We got to move on. We got to move on. I'm not, this is going to serve me no good. I'm just going to get in trouble. Um, question for you. Serious question. Uh, in, in all honesty, remember when Hillary Clinton, uh, had the, the email server in the basement and we were all upset about it. It, it just broke all the rules. 
And uh, when we found out FBI agents were deleting text messages when the Mueller investigation was exposing that actually they were up to hanky-panky against Donald Trump, should we not be concerned that the Secret Service has deleted text messages? Shouldn't we be concerned uh, that whether you believe the January 6th committee is up to uh, goodness or no good, it should be a little alarming uh, that there was a potential unauthorized deletion of text messages from the Secret Service. Uh, the National Archives wants answers about it. The Secret Service. Now, the, the left is saying, oh, what did Trumpism invade the Secret Service? Are they covering up for Donald Trump? The odds are these people are just grossly incompetent. Remember, we've had the um, Secret Service agents hiring prostitutes abroad, um, drug issues, um, all sorts of issues within the Secret Service. Um, all of our governmental agencies appear to be failing us. The FBI has been failing us. The Secret Service, the post office. Down in Uvalde, Texas, every, every law enforcement agency, there's a remarkable cartoon. I put it on Instagram. If you follow me at E.W. Erickson on Instagram, you'll see it. And it shows, um, where's this cartoon? I, I put it up. Uh, somebody else put it up first, and I just I snatched it and put it on Instagram. Everybody needs to see it. 375 Uvalde police officers standing around, and it has 375 people drawn. And then it says one 22-year-old taking action and has uh, one guy with a handgun and a shooter with a rifle dead in Indiana. You know, what's remarkable here is that the New York Times has swung into action about the uh, Indiana hero who shot the shooter at the mall in Indiana. They're like, well, we really shouldn't be encouraging this sort of stuff. We, we, we need to downplay the story lest we have more people decide to be heroes and stop stuff like this. I thought that's what we wanted. I, I thought we wanted these people uh, to be stopped, but is it just you want police to stop it? Listen, here's, here's the thing. If you call 911, you got a better chance if you're armed of stopping the intruder into your house than you do of waiting for the police. We should all have a responsibility for our safety. And as we see in Uvalde, they're not always going to come uh, in time to stop. And when they do, they could be confused. It's just, it's, we got to take responsibility. I had this situation earlier today. I pulled into my driveway and as I came over the hill to my house from picking up some lunch before the show, there was a car literally blocking my driveway. And I was a little bit concerned and I pulled up and the car drove off I'm like, okay, no, no big deal. Pulled into my driveway. And then the car turned around and came back and blocked my driveway. And I called Philip. I didn't want to call 911 yet. I mean, the person was in their car I called Philip. I was like, I just want you to stay on the phone with me. Someone is blocking my driveway. And then I went inside and I actually, I, I pinged a neighbor, told him what had happened at tax assessor, taking pictures of houses. Thank goodness. Uh, it a little bit concerned me. Normally the tax assessor has a little magnetic sticker on the car advertising themselves as tax assessor. This did not. I was like, this, this is weird. We, 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 you got issues with this stuff these days and uh, you can't just rely on 911. And you can't rely on the government. It's clear to get clear scientific health advice from them because they're so worried about the wokes canceling them. It's a problem. When we come back, we got to move on.
Uh, I will take your phone calls, 877-973-7425. There's something else, though. Um, I want to talk to you about the House of Representatives has passed a law affirming gay marriage and interracial marriage as the law of the land in the United States. But there's a catch, and I want to talk about the catch when we come back. And also, if you text RECIPE to 33777, I'm about to hit send on the recipe, so you better go subscribe. Hi there. How are you? It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Um, delighted to have you with me. I need to talk about this piece of legislation. The House of Representatives has passed legislation to protect same-sex marriage and interracial marriage. This came after the Dobbs decision and Clarence Thomas's concurring opinion, uh, casting doubt on the the uh, substantive due process and therefore on the legacy of cases that came from it, including uh, cases like Obergefell and, and Loving v. Virginia. Now, you should know Clarence Thomas is in an interracial marriage. He wasn't suggesting that interracial marriage should go away. He was suggesting that um, there are other places in the Constitution for these things to be found or Congress itself could step up and do its job. The 267 to 157 vote for the Respect for Marriage Act comes the same week the chamber is going to vote on a Right to Contraception Act. Both pieces of legislation would enshrine into law rights not enumerated in the Constitution, but that the court has recognized in recent decades. Senate Democrats haven't said if they'll schedule votes. The Democrats are challenging Republicans to line up behind rights favored by most Americans. 47 Republicans joined on with the Democratic efforts. Others dismissed it as a political stunt and declined to participate. David Cicilline, Democrat from Rhode Island, a co-sponsor of the marriage legislation who is gay, said millions of LGBTQ families are worried about the Supreme Court's intention to rip up their freedoms. Good. I'm glad Congress did this. But there's a catch. The Senate, well, the Senate thought Republicans in the Senate would block this stuff. So the Senate wanted to bring it up and say, CC, the Republicans won't let this stuff go through. You need to vote for us in November. But uh, enough Republicans have come forward saying they will let it come to a vote and not filibuster that the Democrats and the senator now say, well, we don't think we've got time to get to this stuff. I'm not kidding, y'all. Chuck Schumer and uh, Dick Durbin, the number two in the senator, both now saying, ah, we, we just, well, sorry, we don't have time to protect these supposed fundamental rights. <laughs> the Republicans walked them into a trap, and they did not mean to, by the way. Republicans did not mean to. The Republicans saw what the Democrats were going to do. The Republicans saw that the Democrats were going to back them into a corner and say, these Republicans want to take away your marriages. And about half of the Republicans in the House of Representatives said, you know what, we're going to vote for this stuff. There's nothing controversial in it. Kevin McCarthy and, and um, Steve Scalise didn't whip it, said, vote your conscience, do whatever you want, no repercussions. And half the Republicans in the House voted for it. 
Another third of the Republicans said it was a political stunt. They support it, but they're not going to go along with a political stunt in the House. They need to do real stuff. So it passed on a bipartisan basis. And now it's in the Senate. And it looks like it'll pass the Senate. And so the Democrats in the Senate are the ones who don't want to vote on it. That is remarkable political one-upsmanship by accident for the GOP. Now, I've got to make a point or two here that's not going to sit well with some of you. I saw Al Mohler, who I I dearly love and respect Al Mohler, Southern Baptist, saying we're we're in a post-Christian world. He's disappointed that so many Republicans would go along with gay marriage. My friend Russ Vogt uh, runs an outside think tank in Washington these days. Uh, He was the OMB director, and and he is out agreeing with Ted Cruz that um, gay marriage is wrong, or at least we should allow it to be dealt with at the state. Some states might want to opt out of it. And I am, you know, I'm a Christian. I think marriage is between a man and a woman. I also think we are not a Christian nation and have not been for some time. And so I think if the House of Representatives and the Senate want to vote to affirm that uh, gay marriage and interracial marriage are the law of the land and be done with it, we're not going back. Frankly, I don't think the Supreme Court's ever going to revisit the issue. So the, it, Clarence Thomas's point in raising substantive due process is that all these rights we're finding in substantive due process, from abortion to gay marriage to interracial marriage to the like, they belong in other parts of the Constitution. We need to get rid of substantive due process and stop relying on it. It empowers judges. You can affirmatively say there's a right to marriage in the Constitution, though you cannot find it. You can point to those who were married when the Constitution was passed and did not have to get remarried. Therefore, you can say that marriage was there. But what about gay and interracial marriage? Well, the United States actually did not prohibit interracial marriage until after the Civil War. And uh, then it was mostly Southern states. A lot of Northern states didn't. And also marriage has evolved over time and in the whole world now pretty much, except in Middle Eastern countries, there's gay marriage. We still have marriage. It's just evolved in different ways. Uh, We haven't evolved to polygamy, but we have evolved to gay marriage. You or I, as Christians, may disagree, but this is the world we live in, not the world we want. And I see no reason to relitigate an issue where we lost. And if Congress wants to do this with bipartisan support, let's be honest, you're never going to see a Republican presidential candidate who is viable run on getting rid of people's marriages if they're gay. You're just not. I also personally have this belief that Scripture is very clear for those of us who are Christians that marriage is not just between a man and a woman, but for life. Divorce is verboten, except for infidelity. I say this lovingly, but if you're not going to demand Congress walk back divorce marriage, you shouldn't be demanding that they walk back gay marriage. They both sin, according to Scripture. The United States is not a theocracy. The United States is not a Christian nation. You may think it is, but it's not. And if it is a Christian nation, then why is the United States recognizing marriages by divorced people? when the divorce did not come from infidelity.
The reason is because we're not a Christian nation and divorce and marriage over time has evolved. And if you're not going to demand that Congress get rid of recognizing marriages between divorced people, then you should not be pounding your chest saying, get rid of gay marriage. If we're not a Christian nation, you as a Christian and in your church shouldn't have to play a role in it. Just as you as a Christian in your church shouldn't have to be forced to remarry people who are divorced through means other than adultery. But we also need to recognize that those of us who are of faith are a minority in this country. The larger issue here, though, is that Congress did this. Congress worked. Congress did something. That was Clarence Thomas's point, is that Congress or the states should do these things, not the Supreme Court. For the last number of weeks, we've heard the Democrats screaming that the Supreme Court is a threat to democracy, and the Supreme Court is a threat to democracy. Why? Because the Supreme Court said that it does not have the power to do things. This may be the only time in American history where a a branch of government saying it doesn't have power is considered a threat to democracy. It's forced Congress to act or not. I got to tell you, gridlock is good. We should want gridlock. We should not want Congress to do things. We should not want it to be easy to pass anything in Congress. And I say that even on my own side. You know, there's going to come a time when Republicans control both houses of Congress and the White House again. And there will be Republicans saying, I think we should get rid of the filibuster. No, I will oppose them as I have in the past. When Donald Trump was telling Mitch McConnell, get rid of the filibuster, I was telling Donald Trump, no, you moron. No, it's a bad idea to get rid of the filibuster. And all the Republicans said, well, the Democrats are going to do it. The Democrats will do it. We might as well do it. And now you know what the Democrats are saying. The Democrats say, well, we might as well do it because the Republicans are going to do it and neither side has gotten rid of the filibuster. Gridlock is good and the filibuster festers gridlock. That means the filibuster is good and we should want it. As long as Congress does nothing, we are safe. Congress should only act in crisis these days when so many people are so divided on so many things. If the nation was more united on issues, Congress would be less divided and would act quicker. But because the nation is as divided, our Congress is corroborated, correlated to that division. And in that division, Congress can't act. Therefore, Congress is engaged in gridlock, and that's a good thing. And there are all these people out there saying, oh, but it's gerrymandering. It's gerrymandering. Actually, our gerrymandered districts in this nation are far more compact than the gerrymandered districts have been in the past. And Democrats didn't give a damn about gerrymandering until it worked against them. Democrats were notorious gerrymanderers. I live in the state of Georgia. I worked for a congressman whose district was, or a member, someone running for Congress, didn't get elected, worked for a guy who was running for Congress. His district was so gerrymandered, you literally could pole vault from one side of the district to the other over another district. And no one complained. No one said anything. The Democrats drew it and they were perfectly fine. And then the Republicans started winning on gerrymandering. They're like, oh, gerrymandered, it's an abomination. Actually, the gerrymandering Republicans are engaged in these days is far 
far less geographically broad than what the Democrats did because people are more likely to live in areas of common interest, so the districts look a little more sane. And then you look at in uh, Illinois and how the Illinois Democrats drew their districts, and you realize the Democrats don't care about gerrymandering. They just care that it hurts them. But they've got a bunch of, of intellectual people out there saying, if only we got rid of gerrymandering, we would not have all these problems in Congress. If we got rid of gerrymandering, Congress would be able to get things done. No, the hell they wouldn't because we're a nation divided 50-50. Have you seen the presidential elections in this country? We are a nation divided. And when the nation is divided, Congress reflects that division and it's harder to get something done. A nation that is far more united is a nation that gets things done. When George W. Bush got elected and we had 9-11, the nation was fairly united and they expanded the federal government. They got uh, no child left behind in the Department of Homeland Security created, and then the divisions came back, and guess what? Gridlock! Because gridlock is the state of being when the nation is divided. And that means you have to rely on the states to get things done because the states tend to be far less divided than the federal government. And that's a good thing. It's the way the system works. Well, the way the system worked here is that the Democrats decided they could play gotcha with the Republicans and they could get a law passed that said uh, gay marriage and interracial marriage are the laws of the United States and we protect those rights. And half the Republicans went along with it, so much so that Republicans in the Senate said, you know what, we'll go along with it too. And now the Democrats in the Senate are saying, yeah, I don't think we can get to protecting these fundamental rights you all care about. Why can't you get to them? It's not controversial. No one's going to debate it. Well, it's the calendar. We got all this other big legislation we got to do. So it's the Senate Democrats now who are standing in the way of affirming gay marriage and interracial marriage as laws in the United States. Because they're not allowed to play gotcha with the Republicans because the Republicans turn out to like it and they're okay with it. And so the Democrats, they don't want to do anything with it because otherwise Republicans would get credit too. So you who are gay or in an interracial marriage, remember the Republicans voted for this and the Senate Democrats decided not to advance it because they couldn't use it as a political weapon to harness your fear against the GOP. So it is the Democrats in the Senate who are holding hostage your marriage for a political game of gotcha. Welcome to the world of American divisive politics. They need to run the Eden Pier in Congress and clean the air a little bit on these issues. You know, the Eden Pier Thunderstorm, you can get three of them right now for less than $200, the Eden Pure three pack. You go to EdenPureDeals.com and you put in my discount code, Eric3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You can get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping. Now, what's the deal here? Well, importantly, importantly, yes, it's an air purifier. It gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the pollen, the dust, but it also eliminates odors, doesn't mask the odors, it eliminates the odors. You can plug it into a wall, fits in the palm of your hand, you can plug it into the wall, or you can plug it in with a USB cord. And if you plug it in with a USB cord, you can run it in your car. And if you've got smoke odors or pet odors in your car, it wipes out those odors. It works great, y'all. I use it. I carry it with me. Everywhere I go, I travel with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You get three of them for less than $200, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your RV or your suitcase. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Hi there.
It is Eric Erickson here. I'm going to jump back over to the phones here. One last go around here with Dan <clears throat> waiting patiently. Dan, welcome. How are you? Hey, good, Eric. You're on a roll today. Thank you. Yeah, thank uh, you. Hypothetically, here, <laughs> hypothetically, here's my question. Considering the rules in the U.S. Senate, what would happen in the Senate between now and the end of this year if there's a vacancy in the vice presidency? <laughs> Chaos. Chaos would reign. Actually, uh, in all honesty, what would happen is a lot of uh, measures would not be able to move forward. The Republicans would leave the Democrats in charge because they're but by the grace of God go them. Um, but uh, the Democrats would not be able to pass a whole lot of legislation at all. Uh, confirmations could still happen uh, for non-controversial candidates and non-controversial legislation would pass. But yeah, I mean, this is the downside of controlling the Senate for two years uh, in a 50-50 world where you're relying on the vice president. Now, the odds of that happening are slim to none, but it could still happen. Hypothetically, it could happen. Uh, and, you know, I mean, if, if Biden, after the election comes and, and there's this wave disaster wave for the Democrats and he says, yeah, you know what? I'm out, Kamala, over to you. Well, suddenly the vice presidency is vacant, and there would be a month and a half there of a Senate that is 50-50 with no president of the Senate. Um, and honestly, I, I got to tell you, uh, and Dan, thanks for the phone call. I, I, I'm i not sure Biden makes it four years. I'm not saying he dies in office. Don't hear that. I, I'm, I'm just looking at this, and if it's the Democrats right now are beginning to turn on him, and in turning on him, they are pushed back on by talking heads who say, guys, 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 it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Everything's outside his control. It, it's, it's Joe Manchin in the Senate. It's the Republican obstinance. It's, it's the inflation and the Fed. It's not Joe's fault. Leave him alone. A lot of those voices are saying that, I believe, because they want to keep everybody united for the election to mitigate the damage. The moment the election is over, and it is a big red wave across America, the moment it is over is the moment that all hell breaks loose in the Democratic Party, and they're out to get Joe. And like Bush trotting Rumsfeld before the cameras in 2006, the day after the election, saying, uh, great man, but his time has come, goodbye. Uh, Joe Biden himself could walk to the cameras and say, hey, I did what y'all wanted me to do. I beat Trump. Uh, goodbye. Kamala, over to you. Give you a two-year head start on your presidential run before Pete Buttigieg takes you out of the knees. I could happen. And if that did happen, there would be a vacancy in the Senate. It would be a tied Senate, 50-50. No president of the Senate. Any president pro tem would be their vo uh, vote gone. Uh, so you would have 50 Republican votes, 49 Democratic votes, and... The Democrats would still be in charge by virtue of controlling the president pro tem, and it would just be a mess for a month and a half. They probably couldn't meet at all in a, in a lame duck session uh, until the House, until the Senate reconstitutes itself in January when the Republicans probably going to win. Even Herschel Walker in Georgia, I think, can win this race. He's turning his game around. He's, he's, he's updating. He's getting some new people on his staff. I think he and these other Republicans can take the Senate, maybe only by a seat or two. But, man, the wave is coming, y'all, for the Democrats, and they know it. That's why they're focusing on social issues to ramp up the Democratic vote.